Programming Notes episodes, the general concept is that you can get an extended summary of episodes if you decide that you'd rather have that than listen to the episodes themselves, as well as some notes about what's going on in the community or how you can be helpful and useful in the community. Programming notes for the week of September 18th, 2022. So one thing I said was I'm going to start trying to do a little bit of things that I recommend or find fun. So new podcast I discovered is called No Such Thing as a Fish. If you want a bit of lighthearted and weird facts by some of the most extremely British people you'll ever hear, it could be up your alley. Just be prepared. They have almost 500 episodes. So more meetup groups are getting created, and that's awesome. We have two more data mesh groups in Europe that are coming in the upcoming week or so. If you want any advice on starting your own data mesh meetup group in your local area, please let me know. Working on some things in the background that should mean really positive things for the community in the mid to long run as well. Stay tuned for more information on kind of what's going on there. A little bit of a different lineup for this week. Um, I'm shifting back to a cap of three episodes only a week going forward for last week was just too many four numbered episodes plus a programming notes. Uh, Most weeks will feature two interviews, kind of what has been the thing historically, but some will feature a single interview, a mesh musing and a Jamax corner like this week, for example, I'm also looking to launch a series of implementers interviewing implementers So if you are implementing and want to have a fun, lighthearted conversation that's recorded with another implementer, please reach out. That will be a different feed, most likely, so we don't end up with four numbered episodes in a programming notes episode uh, every week again. Um, I'm just one person after all. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we've got episode 130, Making the Data Quantum Leap, starting with the Data Quantum at PayPal. It's an interview with uh, Jean-Georges Perrin, or JGP. JGP and I discussed PayPal's initial foray, at least in JGP's team, into data mesh and why they're starting with a focus on two pizza team-sized domains and just having a single data quantum for that domain, and that their initial target audience is data scientists and why they kind of made those choices and what they've learned so far. So... The data quantum is a really, really big focus for JGP and team. And so I think you can learn a lot from that one. On Tuesday, episode 131, more on driving buy-in in data mesh, Mesh Musings 30. So this is the first of three Mesh Musings in the next two months or so on driving buy-in in data mesh. I think that this is the topic that comes up the most. So I wanted to delve in depth Um, to what I've heard so far, what people are kind of saying, put together, connect all the dots. But I didn't want a single episode of me talking 40 minutes and also didn't want to write one single 40-minute episode and only have that account for (laughs) a single mesh music. So uh, on Wednesday, we've got episode 132, which is Jamax Corner 4. 
the world is changing. Are you accounting for that? Something that some people have talked about in, in past episodes as well. But Jamak and I tried a different approach to this and uh, the next few Jamax Corners, where we had more of a continuous conversation that I'll split up across a few episodes. In this first episode, we discuss why now for data mesh, right? The way many were and are doing data just wasn't scaling anymore. This was kind of a thing that happened in the distributed system world where scaling up just wasn't, the cost effectiveness of it just wasn't really working. And you were, we were hitting a kind of limit and the scale up. So we have to figure out how to scale out. That's the same thing that's happening in data, right? This is why <laughs> the microservices approach is, is uh, so crucial and, and loose coupling. So what assumptions have been made about data management and, and what doesn't really work going forward, right? As the title says, how much of your data management approach is reliant on a non-changing world? Are you really accounting for the fact that the world is changing and that your approach needs to take in that consideration. So with that, we'll get to the um, single extended uh, summary for the single interview episode this week. Extended summary for episode 131, Making the Data Quantum Leap, starting from the data quantum at PayPal, which is an interview with Jean-Georges Perrin, who was also called JGP. So in this episode, I interviewed JGP. He's an intelligence platform lead at PayPal. JGP is probably the first guest to really lean into using data quantum instead of data product <laughs> when talking about kind of what is the actual manifestation of what we're sharing. Um, and so I appreciate that. It made it even just that one little thing kind of made the conversation start off in a bit of a different direction. But JGP started the conversation talking about how in his team, he's really leaning into the idea that software engineering and data engineering are not that different, right? Jamak has discussed this too. We need to figure out how we focus on sharing the practices so we all create better software and, and infrastructure and that we don't try and keep them overly separate. And for JGP, data engineering work in most organizations has followed a very waterfall type approach. However, his team has mostly been working more of an agile manner. Therefore, it wasn't a huge switch to their own ways of working like it will be at many organizations once they, once they started doing data mesh, right? Be cognizant that's an additional cognitive load on your data engineering teams as they change the way that they work. Um, and luckily at PayPal, there was already an appetite for changing the way they were tackling data challenges. So it kind of worked well for them <laughs> in a lot of ways. In the spirit of being agile and capital A agile as well, PayPal set out on their data mesh journey. They wanted to do an MVP, but what was the P? You know, minimum viable what? Was that the data product or quantum? Was that minimum viable platform? Both minimum viable mesh? JGP recommends looking at what you want to deliver as a minimum unit of value. PayPal already had extensive data platform ex expertise, 
So they were able to focus a bit more on delivering the, the data products or, or quanta, you know, which is the plural of data quantum. But they worked in parallel as well to build out their initial you know, quantum and, and mesh capabilities. As many guests have noticed, it, it, it's dangerous to only do a minimum viable data product, right? It's, it's dangerous to do that because you're not building out the, the platform. And it's also kind of dangerous to build your platform way ahead of your needs because you don't really know what those needs are until it's been battle tested, right? So um, compared to their existing self-serve uh, platforms, Data Mesh offered a path to faster and easier data discovery, to making it easier to use data in a governed way, and to increase trust in data by their data consumers. Their first data consumers at PayPal are all data scientists. So a big benefit of addressing all these needs is those data scientists are better able to tell if the data they access is the right data for their use case. This is something that comes up a lot of not just is the data right, but is it the right data, <laughs> right? And getting to a quick answer of, is, is this actually about what I think it's about? And is it what I care about? Quickly, that, that's really, really you know, high value for a lot of people because you don't waste a lot of cycles trying to clean the data and bring it into your use case. And then you find out it's not the right thing. So one thing JGP emphasized that's significantly helping PayPal move forward is standardizing their APIs across their data quanta, right? Those are not the data access or analytical APIs as, as a lot of other guests have talked about. As JGP thinks, analytical APIs will just never work all that well, you know, maybe at all, right? Instead, as their audience is uh, data scientists only, again, to start, you know, everything anyone needs other than the actual ones and zeros of the data is accessible via API and a standardized API that's the same across every data quanta. So they've got, you know, kind of the discovery, you know, metadata, the observability and trust data, the data contracts, they've got um, the control plane, all of that. It, all the information that you would need to understand about a data product and, and find it, they can access via APIs and that's working very well. Um, and then the data scientists just kind of put it all into notebooks because they love notebooks. <laughs> um, and that, again, that standard API means that data consumers don't have to learn a new interface for every single data product that they're, or data quanta that they're, they're working with, right? Uh, this is actually similar in concept to what many are doing with data marketplaces. One standardized way to interact with the information about the data products, the data quanta. PayPal is using the, the term data product and data quantum as two actually quite separate things. A data product is simply a product powered by data and analytics. They've had those for quite some time, right? They've been doing that for a long time. And a lot of their data products, even now that are going live, are not powered, are not backed by a data quantum. But PayPal is looking at the, these data quanta like sidecars used specifically to power more and more of their data products going forward because they understand that there's like this life cycle and the data product having a life cycle when you are kind of serving it without something that is a product in and of itself, it becomes difficult to manage that life cycle because you're not managing the upstream like an actual product. So with the, the data quantum, you can do that. PayPal have invested heavily in making data contracts work well, you know, according to JGP. And 
earlier uh, PayPal guest, also Jason, said that as well. <laughs> They've been building APIs to make it far easier to consume the data contracts as people are trying to learn more about a data quantum. And as mentioned before, they can consume the observability metrics via API as well, right? So it's not just learning and discovery. It's it's like, okay, I'm going to go in here and, and figure out <laughs> what, what are they saying they're going to adhere to and are they hitting those, those SLAs? Uh, when asked about how they are, you know, how are they setting their actual contract terms? The data producers initially put out these con- contractual terms and they may adjust those as data consumers request, but they're putting them as kind of not too strict, right? You want to not box yourself in and say, we're going to keep this updated on a five-minute basis. And then you go out and you're talking to your users and they're still expecting you to do it on a five-minute basis because you said so. But all their use cases really only require it to do every day. You know, have you, are you going to do a, a breaking SLA change and say, no, we're actually only going to do it daily. And then, you know, you just can set yourself up in, in a bad place. So think about going out if you are going to set your contract terms w- without first talking to a user set them pretty broadly, pretty easy to hit. So JGP made the good and often unspoken point, the term domain has kind of lost a lot of its meaning. It can mean a very high level domain like marketing or finance or sales or HR. Even in, in, I worked in a software company and a domain in that would have been product, right? And there was like a third of the company in that. So we really have to get kind of specific about what this means. And and JGP and their data mesh implementation, they're being quite strict about what they mean for a domain in data mesh. It's that kind of small scale subdomain. Think about the two pizza team size, if you've heard of, of that analogy, right? Like how many, how you should only have a team that's as big as can be fed by two pizzas, right? For a meal. And they are also enforcing a strict one-to-one relationship on one data quantum per domain. Of course, not you know cross-domain source data quanta as well, but that one domain or that one quantum per domain means that they don't have to really think about how big should this be, you know, how many should we have? They can just add more and more to it as more and more data sets are requested. I think this could become an anti-pattern in the long run, especially at companies that where your <laughs> your domains are going to be of much larger number of people. But I think it's an interesting thing and I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how it goes for them because it is different than uh, the way a lot of people are looking at. So JGP wrapped up in sharing, you know, how he's seeing that tooling really needs to evolve. So we don't have to think such, you know, about such a hard wall between analytical and operational. And I know all these people are like analytical and operational don't exist there, you know, or analytical and operational data don't exist, but workloads do and all this stuff. You know, there will always be those workloads, but our systems can evolve to support both in the same place. So we don't have to keep moving things all around and have uh, all these kind of uh, extra difficulties from that. But we aren't there yet, right? (laughs) Hopefully we can get there. Um, And then one quick tidbit that I thought was just an interesting little thing that JGP said was, if you were just delivering data, you know, the ones and uh, zeros, you are not delivering the necessary trust to actually use that data. So really think about how you're delivering trust when you're delivering information and not just delivering ones and zeros. So 
I think you'll enjoy this episode when it comes out later this week.